very much. 2 Kings chapter 8, we're going to begin reading at the 7th verse. And the word of the Lord says this, Elisha came to Damascus and Benadad, the king of Syria, was sick. And it was told him, saying, The man of God is come hither. And the king said unto Haziel, Take a present in thine hand, and go meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? So Haziel went to meet him and took a present with him, even of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels burden, and came and stood before him, and said, Thy son Benadad, king of Syria, hath sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover <clears throat> of this disease? And Elisha said unto him, Go say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit the Lord hath showed me that he shall surely die. And he settled his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed. And the man of God wept. And Haziel said, Why weepeth my Lord? And Elisha answered, Because I know the evil that you will do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds will you set on fire, and their young men will you slay with the sword, and will dash their children and rip up their women with child. And Haziel said, But what is thy servant? A dog that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord hath showed me that thou shalt be king over Syria. So he departed from Elisha and came to his master, who said to him, What said Elisha to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou shouldest surely recover. And it came to pass on the morrow that he took a thick cloth, dipped it in water, spread it on his face, so that he died. And Haziel reigned in his stead. I want to speak to you uh, for a few moments this morning on a subject the Lord has laid upon my heart entitled, The Plot to Kill a King. The Plot to Kill a King. Can we just go to the Lord together in prayer right now? God, we love you and thank you. Oh, for your presence is so rich and beautiful. And I thank you for the people of God that have gathered in this place today to hear your word, to hear your voice. Lord, to walk with you more closely. I pray today that you will fill souls with the Holy Ghost, that you'll wash people, hallelujah, in the blood of the Lamb that we heard so beautifully sung about. God, we thank you for the truth of God, and we pray in Jesus' name that it would be life and light to us. We thank you and give you all praise in Jesus' name. And the church said amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. As we consider the account of Jesus' birth, at this time of the year, a birth that was announced by angels in a shepherd's field, a birth that was signified by the star that, that shone over Bethlehem, the birth that, that was announced and foretold by prophet after prophet of the Old Testament. There is one element within that great account that we want to keep in mind and understand the principles that it teaches us today. That is that 
Jesus came to this earth as the king of kings, the king of the Jews, the king of all kings, the Lord of glory came down into this world as a humble babe in a manger. And his arrival is joy to us. His arrival is an arrival that brings great peace to the hearts and minds of all mankind. But to those wicked principalities that will come down because of his arrival, he is seen as a threat. And this was the case for Herod, who was very threatened by the coming of Jesus into the earth. And when the wise men who came from the east arrived at their destination, spoke to Herod and said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and art come to worship him. Herod said, Tell me where this child is. Tell me where this babe has been born. He talked to the, to the scribes and wanted to know where has this Where has this babe been born, this king of the Jews that the prophets have foretold? Because he wanted to remove him. He wanted to kill him. It was a terrible thing. It was a terrible plan, a terrible plot. Herod actually ended up killing children under the age of two years old in an effort to eradicate and to to remove The Lord Jesus Christ. But the devil cannot hinder what the Lord wills to do. So it did not work. There's an effort even today to eliminate and abort and kill children. But in the name of Jesus, God's going to have a people. God's going to have a church. Amen. And Herod began to to try to achieve this plot. It was typical of of despotic kings of those days. It was a typical effort on his part to to try to remove all threat to his throne. And and this was something that you could expect from wicked rulers today and even then. Uh, And especially in ancient days, there, there just was no kind of government that was even conceived in the mind of man where a government could be Uh, of the people, by the people, and for the people. That just wasn't even a concept in those days. And so kings ruled with an iron fist. You dare not cross the king. You you, you absolutely made sure that that nothing you did ever crossed his path because on a whim he could order the execution of, of hundreds and even thousands of people. And so to be seen as a threat to the king was... In, in ancient days, a, a death sentence for people. And so this was, this was one of the reasons why the king, typically kings of that day, were very paranoid. They were always looking over their shoulder because they knew they were despotic. They knew they had so much blood on their hands. And they knew that there were those who had it in for them or had it out for them or however you want to put it. They wanted to get rid of the king. And so they were continually looking over their shoulder and they were always under threat of execution themselves. And so this is why they often had a cupbearer, a a taster, if you please. Nehemiah, in the word of the Lord, was the cupbearer of the king. It was his job to 
taste of the king's food, taste of the king's drink before the king tasted of it. So that if there were any poison, if there was an assassination attempt, then the cupbearer would drop dead and the king would know to send his order back and reorder from a different chef. And uh, sorry about your luck there, Nehemiah, but I mean, that was the way it worked. It was the, the cupbearer was to take the take the, the, the brunt force of an assassination attempt. In fact, Esther, the great queen of the Old Testament, uh, that, that bravely approached the king in spite of his scepter not being extended, and then his scepter was extended, thankfully, and she delivered her people, the Jews, but her cousin Mordecai was, uh, he was known by the king, and he was recorded in the king's books as one who saved the king from... Uh, an assassination plot. And this actually registered Mordecai in the register of the king's recordings and, and, and gave the king an opportunity and a desire to bless Mordecai for the, the rescue that he had made on the king's life. And so kings were always under threat of retaliation. There was always a knowledge in the back of their mind that they had made a lot of enemies. There were a lot of enemies that had it in for them. And so this is what the ancient kings were like. Now here's what you and I have to understand. We are part of a royal priesthood. We are kings unto the Lord. And, and the Bible says we're not kings like the world has kings. So all of the treachery I just described in the, in the history and the rank and file of earthly kings, that doesn't exist in the church, and it should not exist in the church. All of that insecurity and feelings of inferiority and feelings of superiority uh, to others, that doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. We have one king and his name is Jesus Christ and he has made us to be kings and priests. Hallelujah. That is a role that you and I need to understand that God has given to us. So I'm going to read to you what the scripture says. Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 says, From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation chapter 5 verses 8 through 10. When he had taken the book. The four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, and out of every nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. 
That's who you are. You are a king and a priest unto God. And by the grace of God, you have dominion and authority on the earth. Hallelujah. You need to understand that. Don't let this earth tell you what your position is. Don't let this world system describe to you what your position or role is. Here's what the Bible tells you. When you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you are a king unto God. God sees you as a king and a priest unto Him. This is why Peter called us a chosen generation. He called us a holy nation. He called us a peculiar people. And he called us a royal priesthood. We're not just any priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. We are, hallelujah, the kings that the Bible's talking about when it says he's the king of kings. Hallelujah. We are bought by his blood, redeemed from destruction. And half the battle is getting us to realize that. Half the challenge is getting us to believe in that promise. And we end up becoming like the ancient kings of old, where we feel like in order to maintain any kind of dignity, we have to become treacherous with other people. That is not at all the will of God. He said, you do not act like the Gentiles act. You don't act like the heathen act. Don't act like the people of the world act. You act like the people of God. You're secure in his name. Hallelujah. You're resolute in his blood. The Bible said he hath made us kings and priests. We didn't make ourselves kings and priests. And nobody else made us a king or priest. God made us a king and priest. And he has the authority to do it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that's why you can trample the lion and the adder. Why you can trample the young lion under feet. That's why you have authority in Jesus Christ. That's why you have dominion in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why with confidence we rebuke addiction in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke doubt in the name of Jesus. Because we have authority over it. It does not have authority. Authority over us. Hallelujah. But make no mistake about it. Just like Herod sought to kill the king of the Jews. That precious babe in the manger. That Christ child who came into the earth. Just as Herod desired to kill that baby. There is a, there is a target on the back of the child of God. By the enemy of your soul. Because there is a deep envy of your royalty. And there is a hatred for you because of your royalty. It doesn't even make sense. Because the child of God simply wants to do good. The people of God simply want to help others. The people of God have no other desire but to do good for mankind. And yet there is a constant onslaught from the enemy. It's the spirit of Herod. It's the plot to kill a king. 
It's the desire to bring down those that God has anointed and appointed and redeemed and restored. Hallelujah. It is the desire of the devil to destroy you. This is why you're here today. So you can be strengthened in your faith. I can hear Jesus telling Peter, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, we're praying for you that your faith fail not. We're believing with you that your faith fail not. Hallelujah. We're preaching to you so your faith fail not. We're singing together so your faith fail not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of things can fail, but you don't want your faith to fail. You hear what I'm telling you? If your knees fail, don't let your faith fail. If your eyes fail, don't let your faith fail. If your engine fails, don't let your faith fail. That your faith fail not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In this passage of Scripture that we have read, it is a, it is a servant, a messenger from Benadad, the king of Syria, and this servant's name is Haziel. Haziel is going to become the king of Syria, but he doesn't know it. And he's bringing a message from Benadad to Elisha, the prophet. And he's going to ask Elisha, who was well-known. He was famous because of his, uh, the many signs that followed his prophetic ministry. And, and so kings of the earth sought his prophetic uh, instruction and this was the case with Benadad, the king of Syria. He wanted to know from Elisha, the sickness that is in my body, is it a sickness unto death? That was his question. He had a disease that had ravaged him. He felt like he was going to die. He feared that he would die. He was terrified of this sickness that had come into his body that had emerged and erupted and now he's wanting to know the end is this going to be it should I set my house in order is this how it's going to go is this disease going to take me down and so off went Haziel to Elisha the prophet to inquire of him concerning this question is this disease going to take Benadad the king of Syria down and when he arrived he asked him the question and Elisha looked at him and said, you go tell Benadad, the king of Syria, that this sickness has no power over him. You go tell Benadad that he will not die of this disease. You let him know that this sickness will not kill him. This disease will not destroy him. He will survive this sickness. He will overcome this disease. He will be restored. He will come out of this sickness alive. But also tell him, or you should know anyway, he will surely die. It made no sense. The question is, is he going to survive the sickness? The answer to that question is yes, he's going to survive the sickness. But he's still going to die. Because as bad as the sickness is, it's not the sickness that will kill him. There's going to be another influence in his life that's going to bring him down. All of a sudden, while talking, Elisha becomes so somber. His countenance falls. And he kind of looks up at Haziel with a strange look in his eye. Almost like he doesn't even want to be with him. And, 
and he, he weeps. He begins to weep as he stands there. And he becomes emotional as he's looking at Haziel up and down. And Haziel said, well, what's wrong? Why, why are you weeping? What's going on? And Elisha said, I, I'm weeping because I know the evil that is in you. I'm weeping because there's a murderous streak inside of you. And I'm feeling it off of you. And I know what you're going to do to the people of Israel. And you're, going to, you're, going to, you're going to burn their houses with fire. And you're going to whip, rip their women with child. And you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to murder and you're going to plunder and you're going to pillage. And Hesiel's hearing this prediction and he said, wait a minute. Well, what, what do you think I am? You think I'm a dog that I would do something as terrible as this? And Elijah said, oh, no, you don't understand. You're about to be the next king of Syria. That's what I mean when I say Benadad will survive the sickness, but he will surely die. And when Haziel went back home to, to Benadad, Benadad said, well, tell me, what did the prophet say? Will I survive the sickness? And Haziel said, the prophet said, you will surely recover. That was the word. You will surely recover. And he did. He survived the sickness. He surely recovered from the disease. And he still died. Because Haziel took a thick cloth. And he dampened it. And he placed it upon Benadad's face. And he suffocated the king. And killed him. And took his kingship. And became the next king of Syria. There Benadad sat. All those days and weeks and months and years wondering about this disease wondering if he would survive the sickness wondering if he would make it out of this thing alive uh, and, and they found out yeah you're going to make it out of that sickness alive but you're still going to lose your life because it wasn't the sickness that was going to kill him it was the murderer he had placed his trust in Hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. There are things in our world today that are way beyond our control. I understand that. There are sicknesses. Sickness has dominated 2020. 2020 has been characterized as much as has happened in 2020. The prevailing story has been sickness and disease and, and, and infirmity. And people have fled for their lives and run for the hills. And it has, it has swept across the globe. People terrified of the sickness. And my concern tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is not so much that the sickness can kill you, but that you could still die. Hear what I'm telling you. When you're a child of God, there is no weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. You, you need to be reminded today, child of God, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. You've got to remember, child of God, hallelujah, you can take up any deadly thing and it shall not harm you. I need to remind the people of God with his stripes we are healed. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. I need to remind somebody tonight that Jesus paid it all. When I say Jesus paid it all, I mean he paid it all. He paid everything. He paid for your sin. He paid for your sickness. He paid for your disease. He paid for your iniquity. He paid for your transgression. Jesus did, in fact, pay it all. This isn't a bait-and-switch gospel. 
I said, this is not a bait and switch gospel. We don't bait you with promises and then switch it to a worldly philosophy. As soon as you believe, we believe. We believe it is God's good pleasure to give the gift of the Holy Ghost to us. We believe that the gift of the Holy Ghost carries in it the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, the gift of faith, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, the discerning of spirits, hallelujah, the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. We believe in the gifts of help and the gifts of government, hallelujah. We believe in the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. We believe, hallelujah, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We believe in the real thing, and we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone and I do mean everyone I said everybody that believeth there is power of God unto salvation in the gospel of Jesus Christ we believe it with all of our hearts hallelujah if you don't believe that it's time to stir up the gift that is in you if you don't believe that, it's time, hallelujah, to reacquaint yourself with faith. It's time to reinvest yourself in faith. Put your faith in the blood of Jesus. Put your faith in the name of Jesus. Put your faith in the word of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's time to believe again. Hallelujah. The greatest and deadliest virus on the loose is not corona. The deadliest viruses on the loose are those that can kill the soul. Benadad, you've spent all this time worrying that this sickness will kill you. Meanwhile, you've, you've acquainted yourself and you have joined arms with and you've come into league with Haziel, who is your messenger. Everything runs through. He is the medium or the media Hello, somebody. He's the, he's the medium that you're using to get all of your information. And all of your information is coming from, from the media instead of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, the media, it's MSNBC and CNN instead of Acts. You hear what I'm telling you? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's time to get back into the Word of God. Turn out the New York Times and get into the New Testament and see, hallelujah, that God is able that God is able that God is still God corona didn't replace God corona didn't kick God off his throne my God is a good God yes he is he's a healer he's the deliverer he's the redeemer he's the savior hallelujah <laughs> Hallelujah. Benadad, you're asking the wrong question. You're wondering, Benadad, if this sickness will kill you, if this disease will take you down. And the issue isn't about the sickness or the disease. The issue is, is your life in danger? The answer to the question, will the disease kill you? No. The answer to the question, is your life in danger? Yes. But not from what you think. There's something trying to suffocate you. 
there's a cloth being laid across your face and it's suffocating you it's it's Haziel Haziel's trying to trying to drown you out he's trying to suffocate you hallelujah let me remind you where your breath came from God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed I said breathed God did it God breathed God breathed the government didn't breathe into you God breathed into your nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul hallelujah God breathed into your nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and the enemy wants so badly to take your breath away from you he wants so badly to remove your breath from you. But I can hear the psalmist say, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what's trying to destroy you. Fear is trying to destroy your faith. You ought, to be, you ought to be ten times more concerned about fear than you ever were about corona. You ought to be more concerned about fear than you are about financial disaster. You ought to be more concerned about fear. You hear what? That's a virus that'll take your soul to hell. Fear hath torment. I said fear hath torment. The Bible said perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. That's why perfect love casts it out of you because it has torment. You know how when you praise God, it's a little bit of heaven on earth? You know what I'm talking about? When you lift your hands to heaven and you speak in a heavenly language and the peace of God comes down, it's like a little bit of heaven right here on earth. Well, fear is a little bit of hell on earth. You can feel what hell feels like when you're dealing with fear. That's how you know it's a spirit. That's how you know it's a liar. That's how you know you don't need to be controlled by it. That's how you know you need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus and walk on in faith believing. Woo! Hallelujah. When fear comes around, I smell hell. When fear comes around, I hear hell. When fear comes around, I can see hell. You don't need to have fear in your life. Notice, notice what the word of the Lord says in Luke chapter 21. This reference to the end times, the times in which we are living. These last days, Luke 21, verses 25 and 26. There shall be signs in the sun. There shall be signs in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations. I don't know if this is Luke 21, 25 or just 2020. Hallelujah. Signs in the suns, the moon, the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them. Not because of the distress of nations. Not because of the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Not because the sea or the waves were able to overtake them. But men's hearts were failing them for fear. And, and 
for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Men's hearts are failing them for fear and because they are looking after those things which are coming on the earth. You have taken your eyes off of Jesus and you are like Peter sinking into the water and you're grasping and you're gasping. But in the name of Jesus, reach out your hand and believe again. Reach out your hand and trust him again. Benadad, it's not the sickness that'll take you down. You hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen? And I know it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But I also know he my healer and nothing can take me down unless he allows it unless it's his will and if it's his will not my will but thy will be done all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose my God have mercy that's not just preaching for the sake of preaching that's the truth of God's word no I our hearts aren't failing because there's distress of nations. Our hearts are failing for fear. Our hearts don't fail because there is, there is a sea and wave roaring. No, no. Our hearts fail because we're looking after those things which are coming on the earth. That's why you're going to die, Benadad. You're going to die because you let fear put a cloth on you and, and suffocate you. You let Haziel into your room. You let, you let that medium between you and the prophet of God. See, Benadad never talked to Elisha. Benadad never had a conversation with Elisha. He let the medium be between him and the prophet of God. There are too many people putting the medium of media and those things which are coming on the earth. You're letting that stand between you and the word of God. You're running the word of God through the filter of Haziel. You hear what I'm telling you? The word of God goes forth and instead of just believing the word of God, you run the word of God through the filter of Haziel who's trying to kill you. You're trusting the very same people that tell you men can be women and women can be men. The very same people who are telling you that a man can be a woman, that a man can menstruate. You're telling, you're letting them tell you what's real and what's not real. What are you doing, pastor? I'm doing what Paul told Timothy to do. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'll tell you what's in my spirit right now. I, too, I see too many kings laying on their deathbed, not because of the disease, but because Haziel suffocating their faith, not because of a sickness, not because of a virus, but because fear and complacency. Notice what, notice what the Lord said to the church at Laodicea. He said to the church at Laodicea, he said, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness. 
That's who you need to be hearing from. You need to hear from the amen. You need to hear from the faithful and true witness. Stop letting Hazai be the filter for everything God says. Hear from the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I'll tell you an enemy that's trying to suffocate people. Complacency. Complacency has his hand on your face, trying to kill you, trying to destroy you. You've learned, you've learned falsely. You've let the devil lie to you and tell you that you can survive without God, that you can survive without truth, that you can survive without worship, that you can survive without prayer. It's a lie. He's trying to kill a king. It's a plot to kill a king. Notice what he said. He said, I counsel you. This is what this is red letters. These are red letters. This is the counselor Isaiah 9:6 referenced. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, counselor, counselor. And in red letters, the counselor says, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich. Hallelujah. And buy white raiment that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness do not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. You need to get back in touch with God. Gold tried in the fire. Eyes anointed with eye salve. You've had scales fall on your eyes. You've been blinded by fear and complacency. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches, Benadad, Benadad, get up. Benadad, get up. Shake yourself, Benadad. Haziel's not your friend. Haziel, don't trust him. Don't trust him. He's not your friend. He's trying to kill a king. It's a plot. It's a plot to kill one of God's chosen vessels. Somebody lift up your hands and receive the word of God right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on in the name of Jesus. All across this house, there's a moving of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let the Lord, let the Lord minister to you right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Glory to the name of God. Come on, Benedad. Come on, Benedad. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. The enemy's trying to suffocate you. The enemy's trying to drown out your praise. The enemy's trying to destroy your faith in God. The enemy's trying to destroy your love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise today. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I honor you. I magnify your name. Woo, I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I need somebody who has felt the enemy weighing on you, trying to destroy your faith with fear, trying to destroy, hallelujah, trying to destroy your faith with complacency, trying to destroy your faith, posing as a friend, all the while a part of the plot to kill a king. Don't listen to him. Herod doesn't really want to worship the babe. He doesn't really want to worship the babe. It's a plot to kill a king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Praise him like you want to praise him right now. Praise him like he's worthy to be praised right now. Thank you, Jesus. I want somebody who has felt the weight of this world. I want, you to, I want you to come to the front of this house or you can pray where you are. But I want you, I want you to respond to the word right now. You felt the weight of this world. You're tired of seeing kings killed. You're tired of seeing kings laid by the side of the road. Not because of the sickness. <laughs> but because the enemy has set his target on them. Come on, if you need a touch from God, I want you to seek for him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. It's God's will for you to live. It's God's will for you to thrive. It's God's will for you to, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. That's it. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. Hallelujah. I feel like there's some repentance that needs to be done right now. There's some repentance that needs to be done. Come on, if you've got sin in your life, just go ahead and lay that down before the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You have won the victory. Oh, yes, Lord. Worship the risen king right now. Worship the risen
over this spirit right now. God can wash you free of every sin stain right now. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. You are the real. 